0: Whole Hog Sports presents the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America, the premier Arkansas hoops podcast
1: brought to you by Landers Toyota of Northwest Arkansas. With Whole Hog Sports
2: basketball analyst Scotty Bordelon, here's your host, Matt Jones.
1: Welcome in, everybody, to the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America. It is Thursday, November 17th, and Arkansas basketball is 3-0. Heading into its trip to the Maui Invitational next week. My name is Scotty Borderline. Really happy to be joined on the pod by the fellas today. Uh, we got Andrew Joseph of wholehogsports.com and the man himself Bob Holt, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Um, last night, so Wednesday night, Arkansas beat South Dakota State pretty handily, 71-56 to wrap up their pre maui portion of the schedule. I think you saw a little bit of tired legs from South Dakota State last night, especially when Arkansas was kind of putting putting a couple of runs on them, you know, you could You know, South Dakota State played St. Bonaventure on Tuesday night in in Sioux Falls in South Dakota. And then get this, they flew in, got to Fayetteville around 2 or 3 in the morning on Wednesday, um, did did film work from the St. Bonaventure game, um, and then went to shoot around and played, you know, their second game in in basically 24 hours or a little bit more than 24 hours. Uh, But Arkansas looked fresh for stretches of the game at least and maybe, you know, as good as they have to this point in the season, but I think the obvious place to start <laughs> recapping that game is, is, you know, with what I think we can all agree is probably the dunk of the year, um, not just in college basketball, but just college or in basketball in general from from Trevin in Brazil. Um, I think the greatest compliment that I can give that dunk or that play is that it was one of the rudest dunks that I've ever seen. Um, I told Eric, you know, I asked him about the dunk after the game, and I was like, you know, prefaced it by saying I'm a pretty young guy he's 29 but that was what what Trevin did you know after he faked that dribble handoff to Darian Ford turned the corner and then he coiled the ball in his right arm and was just like the ball was at the top of the square really when he was beginning like the downward motion to to really send that guy to the the core of the earth I mean it was it was pretty crazy to me um maybe one of the best in-game dunks I've seen um what was you guys' reaction to that or, or your viewpoints bob i know you've you covered arkansas basketball what, since 81 you've probably seen some, some pretty crazy dunks in your time but what, what was y'all's thoughts on it
2: yeah it was just so powerful you know and i and I feel kind of bad for number 33 uh whose name escapes me but hey in a way he's kind of been immortalized and right. you know no, he's, he's a freshman of course Trevor's just a sophomore but yeah, I remember in the early days covering Arkansas basketball in the early 80s, you know, Alvin Robertson and Darrell Walker, Those they were both uh, – I think Alvin 6'3", six 6'4", those guys could dunk. And I have these memories of them just abusing, uh, especially against some non-conference teams. They didn't have guards who could match up with with two first-round draft picks like Alvin and Darrell. And those guys would would steal the ball and just come down and have some thunderous dunks in Barnhill, and the crowd would go, you know, crazy. Of course, I think we all remember Michael Qualls. That's probably the most impactful dunk I can remember. The, the putback dunk that beat Kentucky in overtime. And uh, <clears throat> what year was that? Was that? Uh, I think it was twenty fourteen. I think it was twenty fourteen. And then the funny, they beat them later, in overtime and Rupp. But um, you know, those Kentucky guys got caught watching the paint dry, and Qualls went in there and just slammed it home. No doubt. Yeah, that, that 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 was a great dunk. Of course, Daniel Gaffer could really dunk, but you know, yeah, Trevin, he's, I'm sure Missouri fans are seeing, you know, cause that, like you said, that thing just, and I'm not a social media, you know, expert by any stretch, but I know last night you guys were talking. I mean, Magic Johnson was, was uh, tweeting about it or um, LeBron James, you know, Kendrick Perkins, you know, the old Oklahoma city player, who's a ESPN analyst now. And, and I guess SportsCenter, i are calling it the number one play, uh, you know, t- t- top 10 play of the day. And, um, yeah, that thing's gonna have a long shelf life, I think. And uh, I see Missouri fans probably watch that and just, just uh, think, "Oh man, you know that that was our guy." You know, um, but um, yeah, it was it was a it was a very memorable play from kind of a you know. I mean, Arkansas played well, and like you say, I give uh, South Dakota credit for playing two games. Basically, don't NBA teams, you know, they, that's the back-to-back things they do sometimes, but. Um, that was just a really memorable play from just a, probably an otherwise kind of a nondescript non-conference game.
1: That's for sure. I know, um, Missouri fans got to be sick watching Trevin kind of flourish with, with Arkansas now. Um, especially, you know, in last season, when, you know, before Arkansas played Missouri, Eric would talk glowingly about Trevin. And then, you know, several months later, he signs him out of the transfer portal. And I think everybody had a pretty good idea at that point that you know arkansas was going to use all of its resources and its player development and things like that to really you know maximize his potential and help him him reach that ceiling because his, his ceiling is freaky now and just given his length and his skill set and the fact that he can you know they could, they've got him playing the three at, at sometimes and I, I noticed i think it was the second game of the year uh, against fordham he was like playing the three spot and he was chasing guards who were running off down screens and doing it really really well blocking shots too but i just think missouri fans just they got to be absolutely on the floor sick about that Andrew,
0: yeah i mean you mentioned that missouri team that Trevor brazil played on last year they they weren't a good team like they objectively were not a good basketball squad and he was only getting like 20 minutes a game for that bad missouri team and like he is a difference maker on this loaded arkansas roster i think i'd probably say he's one of the top two or three guys on talent wise on this team Uh, and you just kind of wonder how on earth he was mismanaged as a missouri tiger but uh, i think eric musselman mentioned yesterday that they're asking trevin to do a lot uh, of different things than he did during his time with the tigers and they're asking him uh, to play the three again. And he mentioned Trevor had four turnovers yesterday, mm-hmm. and he said it was because uh, they're asking him to play the three and put the ball on the deck a lot more than he has in, at his previous stop, which, I mean, obviously there's a learning curve there. But then you see those stretches where he puts it together and you end up with a dunk like that. I mean, that was just filthy, the, like just disrespectful. And any time you got a teammate getting a tech for something that they didn't even do, like, right right that was pretty, that was
1: maybe that was maybe the second best part of the whole deal
0: yeah i mean it, it, that got everybody on their feet the whole i mean fans teammates everybody involved and it was it was a jaw-dropping moment for sure
2: well i will say this by the end of the season brazil you know if you look at what he did in Tampa in the sec tournament against Ole miss and lsu he was he had two really good games and i think he was kind of starting to find himself i think he was hurt early because he didn't play a lot i'm not saying that um he hasn't prospered by leaving Missouri for Arkansas. because I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, but I do think by the end of the season, you could see, wow, that guy was was pretty is you know really got a high ceiling, and you kind of knew Conzo Martin, you know, his time like he might get fired, which is what happened. And I remember thinking, uh, you know, Trevin Brazel's not going to stick around with a new coach. I didn't know then he was coming to Arkansas, but um, but he was playing pretty well by the end of the year.
1: Yeah, a couple of things, a couple other things on Trevin, you know, Bob, when me and you went down to Birmingham for SEC media day, I was, you know, I, I had the idea in my mind that I wanted to write a profile on Trevin just because I could, I mean, it's, it's obvious for everybody to see. You just look at him and you watch him run up and down the floor, shoot, do everything. It's pretty clear that the kid's got tons and tons of potential. He's, he's potential rich as they come, I think, especially for a young guy. Um, but I was looking at some of his box scores or some of his numbers in the box score from last year i was looking to see who he played well against and i found a game against missouri maybe the last game of the regular season and so i wanted to ask kermit davis about trevin it was like you know um just i know you saw him up close and personal and he kind of you know kind of gave it to you maybe once or twice when when y'all played missouri what, just what do you think about him and kermit said that you know he's not a guy that he didn't figure was going to land on a preseason all SEC team but he wouldn't be said he wouldn't be surprised in the least if he's you know on a a first or second team at the end of the year and then a couple weeks ago we had ronnie brewer arkansas's uh second year recruiting coordinator at the hogs illustrated sports club and i asked him about trevin's potential and and whatnot and he said he he said quote it's kind of unfortunate that trevin played at missouri last year um you know just because the team wasn't competitive and so maybe that competitive fire that is actually deep down in him just wasn't you know being realized um there's a little bit of an adjustment that he had to make you know coming to arkansas he's not a role player anymore he might be coming off the bench but he's not a role player anymore he's i think he is very comfortably in you know eric's you know key or core you know three or four guys that he's going to count on a lot um but yeah he's just he's he's just loaded loaded with with potential and talent the basketball podcast of mid america is brought to you by landers toyota of northwest arkansas visit their showroom at 411 south metro parkway in rogers or online at landerstoyotanwa.com for all your automotive needs
0: shop landers toyota nwa in rogers where we guarantee you the best buying experience and best service after the sale in arkansas landers toyota nwa in rogers WholeHogSports.com has the largest, most experienced staff of reporters covering sports in Arkansas. Football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. You'll find it at WholeHogSports.com. The website includes up-to-minute news, daily commentaries, and award-winning photography from the staffs of Hogs Illustrated and the Democrat Gazette. For subscriptions, call 1-800-757-6277. That's 1-800-757-6277. Or visit us online today.
1: Want more coverage of your home team? Download the Whole Hog Sports Video On Demand app. Check out the Fan Zone and get up-to-the-minute videos, podcasts, and features on football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. Search for Whole Hog Sports on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire at Home, and take it with you on the go by downloading it for your mobile device in your app store. The Whole Hog Sports Video On Demand app. Get it today.
0: We go we go back to that dunk. Like, the the best part of it is that that won't be the last like just draw dropping moment that this team is going to provide, just because they're so athletic. And I, sure. I think Trevin Brazil's dunk was probably the dunk of the year to this point. But I would say Ricky Council has got to be up there and got to be anxious to to get one of those moments himself. And he's got the hops to do it. And kind of watching those guys just it makes me so envious like i've never been able to touch a basketball rim in my life and to watch a guy do that like if if i was able to do something like that i would not shut up about it for the rest of my life yeah i'm i'm the same
1: way kind of watching these guys and i think at one point last night i had just had the thought that trevin gets up and down so easily and dunks the ball so effortlessly um, kind of reminds reminds you of you know those those games you played when you were little when you you know just on the Nerf hoop playing against maybe your your brother or your sister. Bob, what what have you thought of of Trevin? Um, just you know in his the totality of his, his first three games here. I think he's got a couple double doubles and you know he's kind of starring in his role off the bench too.
2: Yeah, well he's he's knocking down some threes. You know, mm-hmm. Arkansas is is not going to be you know. A great three point shooting team. They got off to a pretty good start last night. I think at one point they were maybe six to 13 or something yeah, Trevin will be one of the better three point shooters on this team, probably. So that just shows his range. I mean, he can knock down threes around the rim. He's just freakishly athletic. I think you're going to see him probably block more shots. That was one thing he did, did uh, even early at Missouri was block a lot of shots. And, um, like, like Andrew was saying, um, you, you know, Eric had said the other day that he was playing a lot of four, but they wanted him to play more three, and um and you know he did that last night. And had some some turnover issues, like like Andrew said. But Eric, you know, is, I mean, I don't think he likes turnovers, but he understands he's learning a new spot, and there's going to be some of that. And you know, turn the ball over now in a game, you're going to win by 20 points, and. Then by the time SEC play comes, maybe by the time these Maui games come, he'll be a lot more comfortable out there. But a guy with that size, and that wingspan, with that skill set, if he can play on the perimeter just like he can inside, I mean, what, what, what a weapon and what a, you know, uh, NBA scouts just got to be drooling uh, seeing a guy who can do all the things he's got the potential to do.
0: Yeah, I think the key with this team to unlocking their full potential is realizing their three-point shooting. Uh, just because they've got so many guys that are are so good in the paint and attacking the rim, uh, that teams are just gonna dare them to to try and beat them from the perimeter. And I think it was Anthony Black got asked about kind of him teams letting him shoot the three-ball, not really kind of jamming the lane so that he has to shoot the three. And I think he said that he's honestly never really been guarded like that before, right. and so he was like. Once, you know, once I keep making these threes, we'll see if they keep daring me to shoot the ball. And I think that's what's going to kind of have to happen for Anthony Black's going to have to be able to knock down a three. Trevin Brazil and Jordan Walsh showed that they can uh, be outside threats. And I think that perimeter shooting is going to be what takes this team to the next level. And I think maybe the the return of Nick Smith is probably also going to help that. And I, I think that's probably going to uh, jumpstart this team to a level that they haven't been.
1: Yeah, maybe one more note on the TB basketball podcast of Mid-America. You know, he's his re- his his rebounding has been great this year too, right? Like a dozen in the opener. And then he had eight against Fordham. Um, and then 10 again last night against South Dakota State. He's like, you know, whenever he's on the floor, he's been really productive on the glass. And that's what they, they really need that from him. So I think if there was like one knock on him is that, you know, coming in, you were kind of I was at least curious to see how he was gonna like embrace the physicality that comes with you know being a, a key frontline guy because there's some really powerful, um, kind of girthy guys in this league. Just how, how is he gonna handle it? And we still don't know because they're you know, they're playing the the directional schools in the in, in the Dakotas and, and Fordham, you know. So there's there's a lot to um, to still be seen with him. But I looked up last night. You know, he's already got two, like I mentioned, two 10 plus rebound games. and He had one in 25 games at in Missouri last year. So I think that's that part of his game is, is really grown. And that was something that Arkansas staff obviously was, was all over him about in Europe, right? Like he, I think that first game he played 20, 25 plus minutes and maybe had one or two rebounds. Um, so I think he's, I think he's starting to take some pride in, in his defense. Um, I think there's a number of different ways that we could go. You know, after Trevin, um, you know, recapping what we've seen through three games, you know, like y'all mentioned, Ricky's been great really on both ends. I think he was going into last night. He was like three opponents were like three of 12 from the field shooting against him when he was Arkansas's nearest defender. So he's been great. Jordan Walsh was phenomenal last night, too. You know, in those he was kind of the heartbeat of those those runs that Arkansas put together. You know, after they get, I think South Dakota State went on a 10-3 run, pull within four. Then Arkansas. Went on a 10-2 run to close the half. Jordan was great. He had knocked down three, two steals, and a block in that stretch. And then the second half, I think he, what, he scored like five points in that 10-0 run or 11-0 run that, that really put the game away. Um, I'll just kind of turn it over to y'all. Andrew, free reign, man. What's, what's, uh, what's impressed you most um, about this team so far?
0: It's just everyone on this team has such great individual talent that I was kind of interested to see how well they would play together because they're just such – um, I mean, highly touted freshmen, highly touted transfers that are used to getting the ball being the number one option. And so I was kind of wondering how they would all mesh. Uh, but that's been the theme for all Eric Musselman's teams at his time in Arkansas and even back in Nevada. And he has a way of kind of settling players into their roles and getting the best out of them. And I, I thought yesterday um, that you could see the, the roles that he wants everyone to play, like Trevor Brazil being and Ricky Council stepping up as those scoring options with Nick Smith out. And I thought the Mitchell twins did well in their their limited time on the glass. Um, I think the, the one guy that probably struggled in his role last night was Jalen Graham. Uh, had a rough stretch in the, the, I think it was the first half. And then I don't think he was seen again in the second half. Uh, yep. So if anyone has something to work on, it might be him. But I think the rest of the team is pretty set in their ways right now.
1: Yeah, Bob, that, that defense, I know you talked about it last night. I think you're planning on writing about it later in the week. I looked up on, on Ken Palm today, Arkansas's third nationally in def- defensive efficiency rating. They're 12th in steal percentage, 13th in turnover rate. I mean, they're, I don't want to overreact to, to what Arkansas has done the first three games defensively, but they look they look really good.
2: Yeah, it's, it's been impressive because you know a lot of these heralded players maybe didn't have to play a lot of defense in high school. Um, but Eric, you know, has made that pretty clear. If you're going to play for it, it's kind of the same way with Eddie said, and Nolan Richardson. If you're going to play for an elite coach, you, you better play some defense. And, you know, defense is the one thing you can have that's consistent every game. You might have, you know, an off night shooting. You might not handle the ball well. You might not hit free throws. You already said I didn't hit free throws very well last night. Had 20 turnovers, but just, you know, held down a, a, what I think is probably a pretty decent shooting. Uh, South Dakota State team and so just I think the players buy in so quickly is impressive I think they understand that's the way to get minutes that's the way to get on the court and stay on the court Um, you know their transition game is just built for turning turnovers into quick points and of course that was such a staple of of uh, Sutton and Richardson's teams. I don't mean to keep, you know, showing my age, I guess, but, <laughs> but I mean, that's, I mean, you know, said it could be hard to score against a set defense, you know, good zone, shoot over it. If, but, you know, you get you get out in the open floor after turnover and, uh, and they've gotten steals, but they've also played good half court defense. The length, yeah, comes into play. They just got so much size. And, and of course, the Fordham game, 30 turnovers and, so and I, I yeah this is that they've got off to, gotten off to a great start defensively and it's only going to get better I think
1: been pretty impressed too with Arkansas's three point defense I think you know I left I left Austin on October 29th after they got you know handled down there in the Moody Center and Texas wasn't like a this great you know high-volume three-point shooting team, but they were, you know, really, really efficient from from three-point range. I think they finished like 10 of 16 or something like that in that game. And I'm wondering, you know, what Arkansas's – three, what their perimeter defense is going to look like. And I had some questions, you know, coming into the season about that because at least from what I saw at Texas, you know, something I noticed in that game – was that you know Anthony Black? I think could be a terrific perimeter defender. You know his his length. He's so big on the ball. Eric talked about that a lot last year with Stanley and Mude, and that's what made him so great. You know, as a as a perimeter defender and just a, kind of a not blocking shots necessarily, but just altering shots. He was great at that. But I think it it took it was going to take some time for a guy like AB to you know, grow accustomed to the savvy of some of these college guys. Like, they know that he's a young guy and that he has the ability to block perimeter jumpers. Eric talked about that a lot after the red-white game, I think, because he blocked three, at least two of Nick Smith's shots, um, you know, jump shots. But A.B. was going to have to grow a little bit in terms of his discipline, you know, when to jump um, and, like, how not to foul some of these perimeter guys. But, you know, you think about the start Arkansas had last year. It was like – 13 made threes for their, and their you know, for the other team in the season opener. And then was it Northern Iowa that hit 17, right? They came in here and hit 17 mm-hmm. next game, next opponent hits 13 this year. You know, Arkansas's three point defense. I think is, I think the opponents are shooting like under 25% from three. I think, you know, Arkansas can, that'll play. And I think, I think that's a that's a a really big deal for for Arkansas staff just to make sure, especially since Arkansas's three point shooting on the other end has been you know is a little bit suspect. And you're trying to find some some answers there. I think they they placed a really big emphasis on on three point defense, and it's you know it's really showing so far.
2: Yeah, and speaking of Texas, I think they had 13 threes and Drub and Gonzaga last night in Austin. So yeah, uh, Texas, you know, has some good shooters and. Um, you know, not that that Arkansas couldn't have played better three-point defense in Austin, but I think you have to give you, you know Texas. They, they ran into a p- pretty good team that day on the road, and you know, young guys playing away from home for the first time and all that. Thankfully, for Arkansas it was an exhibition game, but um, yeah, I think like I said I think that defense is going to help carry them all year, and um, you know, that's just something that can be real consistent. And obviously, it'll. They're going to face, you know, bigger and better teams in Maui and SEC and Baylor and OU and all that. But um, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive to me that early on these guys have, have bought in. And so much of what Eric talks about, you know, their defense is a lot, of, a lot of drill work and practice, which can be not the most exciting thing. I mean, yeah, guys want to get up and down. They want to scrimmage, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of like in football. it's It's that fundamental. It's the technique, you know. Uh, the the what is the hand in the eye is that what they're always talking about the it. bricks mm-hmm. the bricks and all that and you you can see that you know say it's impressive to me that young guys have that much buy in this quickly you know early in their careers and and they can put that I, I guess I'd call it mental toughness on defense into into play with you know the athleticism you have and the length you have with guys like Anthony Black and Trevor Brazel and. You know, Ricky Council. I mean, they they just had, that's the. one, I remember that was the one thing that really struck me when we watched them. Got to watch them practice. Was they made the court look so small? Right. For sure. Because their length, their their length was so, was so good. You know.
0: Yeah, I think the way this roster is constructed, the the defense was at a premium when they were putting this this roster together. And when you look out on the perimeter and you've got Anthony Black, Ricky Council, Devo Davis, and Jordan Walsh all locking you up. Your guys up like that's just a nightmare scenario for any opposing coach and I think that those those guys are just for lack of a better term just defensive menaces like their combination of speed and size uh, makes it nearly impossible for them to get beat off the bounce or or even pull up and over because you can't shoot over them because they're so long and I just think they're gonna give opposing offenses a headache and that they're probably – defense might be one of their best forms of offense because they're going to force so many turnovers and they're so good in transition.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think Arkansas forced 20 more turnovers last night against South Dakota State. I think that puts them uh, at 64 forced turnovers through three games. Also, that will play. Um, And anytime you can – You know, you can get, you know, more than one point – you know, per turnover forced. I think Arkansas had 23 points off turnovers last night. That's that's really good stuff too. I wrote earlier in the week just about, you know, I think on Monday as kind of a several day later follow to the Fordham game that I think Arkansas was showing some signs at least against Fordham um, that you know they were showing signs of you know kind of a, a budding chemistry if that makes sense. You know, the, the what I really liked was the fact that Arkansas, even their off-ball defenders, were so attentive to what was going on. It's like they were – it's like they're, defensively they were moving – you know, they were connected, they were on a string. And what I really liked was, you know, the digging from the off-ball defenders whenever, you know, a big man, you know, maybe posts up or, you know, a, a guard maybe drives at kind of the, one of the 45-degree angles um, going toward the rim and the Arkansas defender that's, you know, maybe a step toward the corner or in the short corner, he digs down and comes up with a steal there. Or if the ball handler goes down that 45-degree angle and spins toward the middle of the lane, that helped defender maybe from the top of the key or from the, I guess, from the left wing would dig down and come up with a turnover too. That that stuff right there is really impressive. And then, you know, just Arkansas, I think, defensively has become one of the best defensive programs in the country um you know just because of their their toughness and their willingness to to get on the floor for loose balls and and go grab 50 50 balls and what i really liked was the want to get on the ball uh when the when the ball was free and arkansas several times you know several of the guys had the wherewithal to to not only get on the floor but while they were diving on the floor look up for a teammate and then tap it to them and kind of kickstart a, a transition opportunity there. That was that that's kind of the stuff rattling around in my brain that I'm kind of like I'm watching it happen. And you're seeing Arkansas have so much success doing this. And then there's you know a number of other things they're doing really well. I'm just like, damn, this team this like this team's pretty good. But I just I don't know if I'm overreacting at all to that. Um do you think I am overreacting to that a little bit or like are you guys kind of I don't, I don't some of the so. same thoughts?
0: I think I think when a team comes in with the, that high of expectations, like it's only natural that you you expect them to perform well. And then once you see them play at the level that they've been playing at, I mean, they haven't really let down those expectations at all. Like they're, they're 3-0. Uh, the games haven't really been um, that competitive. And I think once they maybe play some higher level opponents, you'll get a better gauge for where this team's at. But – I think right now there's really not a whole lot that you can complain about if you're a Razorback fan or a Razorback coach.
1: Yeah, Bob, do you see any – is there any areas of concern with this team for you through three games?
2: Well, I think there's they're perimeter shooting, I, think that's, I don't know if it's a concern, that, but you just have to understand that they're not going to go out very often and, you know, beat people through their shooting – I am a little concerned about their free throw shooting because you know Eric's teams have always been really good at getting to the line, and then once they get there, they've been pretty good at converting. This team seems like it's going to be pretty good at getting to the line, but I think they have to. You know, you'd like to see them convert at a higher rate. You know, obviously a much higher rate than last night. But um, so those would probably be two concerns, and also the turnovers. They need to clean that up. And, and you know, I think right. it's like Eric said, tw- 20 turnovers. I, I'm trying to think of one that I felt like was forced, like where somebody had the ball taken from him. I mean, maybe a couple of times, but a lot of them were just um, like self-inflicted wounds as, as Eric, you know, pointed out. And that really goes back to, I think they had what 86 turnovers in four games in in Europe. And a lot of that was, you know, the first time these guys were playing together and, uh, one of those courts, the lines are so weird. I didn't know what the heck was in bounds and what was out of bounds. Mm-hmm. I guess they they played a lot of different sports on that court. But I, yeah, I think they need to clean up the turnovers. You know, work on their free throws some more. I mean, they I work on them every day in practice. We know that, but that's something. They, you know, that 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 could bite them in some close games if if they're you know shooting sixty percent or fifty seven percent or whatever from the free throw line, but. I um, mean, talk about their defensive play. I, I came from was during the it, run at the end of the first half or the start of the second half, but I think it was Anthony black defected, a, uh, deflected a ball. Like it was like a pop-up It was way up in the air. And somebody, uh, I think Brazil maybe got it to counsel for a dunk, or I can't remember the exact seats, but I remember uh, uh, Anthony black defected it way high and it started a fast break. And, and um, I've never seen a deflection go that, that high in the air that I can remember. If you guys remember that play, it was, it was, it was kind of a wild play, but it ended up in a fast break basket for him.
1: All right, up next for Arkansas, they got three games in Maui. Uh, I, I believe I've got it right. The team's flying out on Friday, so they got a fairly quick turnaround, at least travel-wise. Um, obviously a really big stage for this group. You're in the showcase event during Thanksgiving week, feast week, hands down, I think one of my favorite times of the year. Cause you got some really good basketball on to keep you from getting some work done during the day. That's you know, that's always always fun. But Arkansas's got Louisville up first. I think they're 0-3 to start the year, three one-point losses. They play Louisville on Monday at four on ESPN two, then either Texas Tech or Creighton the next day, either seven or one thirty on ESPN or ESPN two, just dependent on the the outcome of, of Monday's game. Um, just real quick. What are y'all expecting from markets from on this trip outside of the team getting surfing lessons from Eric and, and Gus Arginal?
2: Well, I, I I think it'll be really good for them, whatever happens. Um, they're going to be playing some high-level competition. You know, Louisville is 0-3. Eric and I guess it was Anthony and, and um, um, who else did we get last night? Oh, yeah, um, Devo. Devo, that's right. And, uh, you know, they, they, they made sure to talk about how close uh, Louisville was to being 3-0, because they had three one-point losses, and that's true, but they're clearly struggling under, you know, Kenny Payne, the former Kentucky assistant and first-year head coach, but, yeah, I don't expect that to be an easy game for him and then Creighton or Texas Tech are both high-level teams, and then we got Arizona and San Diego State are among the teams on the other side, so... Um, it's going to be good for Arkansas. They're going to play three games in three days, you know, high-level basketball, to, you know, well, Eric had known for playing a lot of guys, but he's probably going to have to, you know, extend his bench for three games, three days, especially if Nick Smith doesn't play, which I, I kind of don't think he will. Eric was saying after the game, uh, last night that Nick still hadn't practiced. He it was kind of like he said, he's day to day, but he's not going to practice tomorrow and indicated he didn't want, I guess, be too, uh, forthcoming for the opponents they're going to play. But you know, if a guy had been practiced, and I don't think you put him out there on the court against the kind of teams they are going to be playing, especially after long travel. So I, I, this is just my own thought is that, you know, he, he obviously goes out there and he keeps working out and getting better and, and uh, being, I guess the most talented cheerleader in America, <laughs> then, then he probably, probably gets, they, they, you know, have him play some limited minutes and some games you know back here and then you know you work him back into the lineup cuz obviously he's he's an ultra talented player who when healthy he would he, you know is going to play a, you know line share of the minutes
1: yeah no question andrew are
0: you looking for anything specific from these guys over these 3 games i i think i'm most looking forward to seeing how they play against maybe some more athletic teams that are kind of yeah, in, in their same realm of athleticism like it's not to say the, the Dakota state schools and Fordham are bad teams. Like I think South Dakota state will end up being a pretty nice win on the resume, uh, but they just don't have the athleticism to match Arkansas. And I think maybe Texas tech, Creighton, Louisville, though some of those teams will uh, maybe just provide more of a, a glimpse of what to expect when the Razorbacks hit conference play uh, and just kind of maybe be, be a more entertaining game.
1: For sure, and I'm not. I'm not. Honestly, I'm not looking too much into Louisville's record right now. I mean, that's a team that's in its first year with Kenny Payne, and they've been, you know, they. You look at their schedule; they probably should have won every game that they've played. What was it, Bellarmine, App State, and then there was another game that they lost. What was it? Y'all remember?
2: Wright State.
1: Yeah, I guess Wright State. Yeah, so those are those are games that that Louisville should win, just you know, based on, you know, being superior athletically. You know, and so I think there's probably some growing pains no pun intended with with Louisville um but you know Eric was talking after the game last night that he's not kind of in the same 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 line of thinking as me like um he's not looking too much into the record like they're just a few points away from from coming into this thing undefeated too Mm -hmm. so um Yeah, going to be really interested to see how Arkansas's depth shows itself, too. You know, I think Eric has gone to his bench a little bit uh, quicker than maybe he has in the past. And that's, you know, it's just a product of being deeper. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even Jalen Graham didn't play great against South Dakota State. You, You saw against Fordham that he can come in and give you, you know, 10 or 12 really good minutes. And, you know, he didn't play well again last night but six rebounds in his limited time Um, he cuts down on the turnovers and you know finishes around the rim a little bit more effectively he can be he can be a big part of of what they're doing and and I'm really curious to see the Mitchell twins just I I think Makai is probably the more impactful of the of the two guys at least at this point really like his his footwork just kind of in all areas of the game whether it's defending guards on the perimeter when they you know when they're kind of probing and, and looking to attack the rim against him and then you know when he's the role man in their ball screen actions he's been great about catching and then being poised and patient uh, getting to the rim he can finish with either hand I think it's just about finishing more effectively um, and then against Fordham I, I kind of liked what mikel brought too. I think he had a, a stretch where he Uh, maybe added a bucket and then blocked a shot that they credited him with a steal for, I guess, maybe because it was a jump ball. Um, But it's just another big body. It's, it's really a, a luxury to have Makai start the game, give you what he can and then you sub him out and you basically got a clone of him coming in off the bench. That's, that's a, that's a nice luxury to have. Um, Curious to see too about, you know, whether Nick makes his debut or not. There's something deep, down inside me that think, thinks this is you know maybe too grand of a stage for him to pass up but at the same time it's you know you're kind of it's, it's a long-term deal with nick and you don't want to you know maybe risk anything before he's he's fully able to go um again arkansas's got louisville up next on on monday they've got a, a few days to to prep for that they'll be flying out like on Friday and doing surf lessons probably on Saturday and Sunday. And then at some point they'll get into basketball, but they'll be ready for Louisville on Monday afternoon at, at four on ESPN two for Bob Holt and Andrew Joseph. I'm Scotty Borland Appreciate you guys listening today to the basketball podcast of Mid-America. Uh, be sure to check out on our website this week, all the football coverage ahead of Arkansas's Last home game of the season—that's kind of crazy to say. Football seasons kind kind—it's of, senior night, so you know it's it's late in the year. Arkansas is playing Ole Miss, ranked 14th in the country. That's a big game. Arkansas can can get bowl eligible with another win. So come to Whole Hog Sports before, during, and after the game, as Matt likes to say, uh, for all the coverage at our site, and um, we'll have you know blowout coverage of of the Arkansas's games in the Maui Invitational to next week. So until then, um, appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you again next week on the basketball podcast of Mid-America. The proceeding has been a production of wholehogsports.com. Look for our latest podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast store and visit us anytime at wholehogsports.com for the latest news and commentary.